Thank you and welcome. I'm Jim Swan with Linda Smith, the CEO and President of BBB Western Ontario. And Ask BBB is a program that gives consumers information from businesses they can trust. Later in the program, we're going to be joined by Ashley Castleman, Communications Manager at BBB Serving Western Ontario, to talk about how we can safely help the people around Houston, Texas, who've been devastated by Hurricane Harvey, without us being scammed. Labor Day weekend celebrates people who work to make our lives better. And of course, it is sometimes seen as the last summer weekend, even though the fall equinox doesn't occur until September 22nd. All the same, it is time to start thinking about closing up the pool. We'll be joined by Jason Jackson of Jackson Pools to help us prepare for closing time. And in a way, Labor Day is something like the beginning of a new year, a time when people make resolutions. So if you combine that with thoughts of back to school, it might be time to enroll in a fitness program. And Marella Karshian, the owner of the, and the president of Elite Personal Training, is our guest this morning as we think about setting personal goals and how enrolling in a fitness training program will lead us to meeting those goals. Welcome to Ask BBB, Marella. Hello. Nice being here. <laughs> Uh, We are all aware that exercise and physical activity are a very important part of overall health, but we are all different. So where do we start besides just saying, I need to be more active? Well, a good start is in the beginning, if you're not uh, very familiar with anything, it's good to just start a walking program. And then um, you just you can go online and Google up a few personal training studios or gyms. Um, go in for a consult or a tour, and um, somebody, a professional, should meet with you and kind of go over um, your goals, what you're looking for, and uh, help you out, guide you towards uh, you know starting somewhere. For example, when I have people coming in and meeting with me, I will ask them what they are looking for. They have exercised before. They had a training before they are involved in anything right now. And based on that question, I will teach them and I will guide them towards a, a program. Should we have some sort of assessment? Um, should we start with a, our family physician or, or uh, how do we determine what our level of fitness is and Will the fitness instructor do that? What? What? Uh... Um, if you have any health concerns already, I would definitely say go see your doctor, uh, get a checkup, and then you will uh, come in and meet with a professional. If you have no concerns whatsoever, uh, we all our programs at Elite Personal Training Studio start with an assessment. So what that means is you come in, we sit down with you, we go over question as what your goal are, if you have uh, any uh, medical issues, if you take any medication, and then based on that, we'll do an assessment. The assessment is based on uh, strength, so a little bit of um, uh, just seeing how the bigger muscle group, uh, how strong they are and where you start there, a little bit of endurance, a little bit of cardio, so we check uh, with heart monitors to see where your heart is just so it's safe, and based on that, we make the program to help you with the goals, whatever they might be, weight loss, getting stronger, getting your heart uh, stronger, whatever it might be. That's how it works, yeah. So, Marilla, are there any specialized programs that we should be aware of? Absolutely. We uh, we are uh, specialized in weight loss programs. We have a youth program, sports-specific. Um, uh, we have pre- and post-natal. Um, yeah, so we do a little bit of everything. And so, so do we need to change our diets to achieve 
our health and fitness goals? Absolutely. That is a big one. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. Any little change does matter. Um, I'm a nutritionist as well. So uh, based on that first initial consultation, if if the person needs help with that, I would sit down with them and teach them how to properly eat to reach their goals. So it could be weight loss, could be just energy or just feel better. I sit down with them and teach them how to properly eat as well. So if we're looking for a personal trainer, we want to look at some of those qualifications. You said you're a nutritionist as well as a phys ed trainer. Yes. So what what should we look for in terms of those kinds of qualifications of a personal trainer? It's definitely a lot of qualifications out there. So uh, the way I do things for uh, people to know how my trainers and how what kind of qualifications I have, I have everything posted online on the business under the trainer. So we have a little story, a little bit about ourselves, and then it's highlighted all the qualifications we have. So it's very easy. Now, if somebody's not really sure what that means, because it's short names for everything, it's always important to come in and meet with that person. So if you see somebody that you think it's a good match for you, you like the qualifications, you think it's the right person, um, at the lead, at no fees, no nothing, you're invited to come in, sit down with the person, and then if if, if you think that's the right match, then we go from there. Now, how important is it that besides taking in our physical and current level of fitness, how important is it some of these challenges are minds too? Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, moving your body and feeling strong and that makes a big difference. Uh, it's uh, They have do- studies done where it does, uh, they shown how important it is for depression, for anxiety, uh, for uh, all those things It helps hugely. All the blood flow going to the brain is a very important thing. So movement, best thing. So we know a lot of people drop out of programs because they lose interest or are because they can't see much change. What are some of the ways to assess our progress besides how much weight we lose or how often should we assess ourselves? A lot of people lose interest uh, because they go maybe to the gym on their own so they can really see. Uh, I'm just going to give an example. The way we do that first first assessment, within that assessment, we take pictures, we do body fat measurements, weight, and then we reassess throughout of the program, whatever, how long or short it is, usually it's three months, six months or a year, we reassess every eight weeks. So that way the client gets to see progress uh, and the scale doesn't always budge. So always remember if you start a weight loss program and same time as uh, with a strength training where you lift weights, the weight loss on the scale might not show right away because you're building muscles at the same time, but people will see the change in you. Your clothes will fit better. You look better. So it might not show on the scale, but if you take a picture before and after, that is a big one that would show results. Well, Marella, you've given us a good little bit of knowledge to get us started if we <laughs> are thinking about a program. And if people want to know more, they can go onto the BBB site and look up Elite Personal Training. Yes. And then from there, it'll lead them to your website. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much. And stay healthy, of course. <laughs> Thank you. You're listening to Ask BBB, and our guest has been Marilla Kashian, the owner and president of Elite Personal Training. We'll be back with more Ask BBB when we're joined by Jason Jackson of Jackson Pools with tips on closing the pool this fall. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan, and I'm here with Linda Smith, who is the CEO and president of BBB Serving Western Ontario. Labor Day weekend means we are getting close to the time we consider closing the pool for the winter. 
We welcome Jason Jackson of Jackson Pools to answer the when, why, and how of closing pools. Welcome to the show, Jason. Thank you for having me. So when do people usually close up the pool? Well, there's a, a wide range of when people do it. Typically, typically like you say, the, uh, the the long weekend is when everybody starts to kind of think about it. And uh, I'm hoping that we have a great long weekend and the weather's great and uh, maybe people will put it off a little bit further. But um, we've already started to close a few pools and uh, we'll, we'll start now and go right until uh, the end of October. So... What's involved? Do we drain the pool? In some cases, we, uh, in most cases, we do drain the pool down about six inches below the skimmer intake. But you don't take, you don't take all the water. No, no, no. You should never take all the water out of a, a swimming pool. The water that's left in there actually keeps the liner tight. If it's a fiberglass pool, it keeps the pool from uh, coming up out of the ground. So it's, it's very, very, very important to make sure that the water is left in the pool for the winter. In some cases where there are high water tables, uh, you might have heavy clay loam around the pool. Um, the less water you take out of it, the less trouble you will have in the spring. So what's the point of winterizing the pool? Well, the, the point of winterizing the pool is to prevent any freezing of the pipes, any any difficulties upon opening in the spring. The main reason for pumping water out of the pool is simply to accommodate the uh, the snowfall and the rain through the winter. Um, that That's the main reason for uh, pumping water out of the pool. Plus, it does make it a little bit easier to close, but... Um, there, there are ways and procedures that you can actually leave the pool full of water. But it's very, very, very important to make sure that all the lines uh, are clear of water and in most cases that you get antifreeze in those lines to prevent the, uh, the, the pipes from bursting. So do we need a cover? In most cases, a cover is a great idea. There are a variety of different covers available starting from the, uh, the tarpon bag, which uh, most people are familiar with where you fill the water bags. Um, in most cases, they're black, not the most attractive looking cover. Um, from there, you can get a vinyl hanging cover if you have the proper track for it to hook into. And of course, my favorite is the safety cover, which just makes opening and closing so much easier. Plus, you know that when the, the cover is on, the uh, pool is safe. Uh, you know, you're not going to end up with any animals falling in or children for that matter. I read about cover pumps. Is that something that you need or is that? Not very often. Now, there are there are safety covers that are, um, they're impermeable, so the water won't flow through them. And, and if you have one of those covers, you do need a, a water um, pump on top of it to prevent the, the water buildup through the winter. But in most cases, most most of the safety covers that we sell are permeable and the water just goes straight through the cover and into the pool. So pool companies like Jackson Pools will close the pool for us. Some might consider it a do-yourself chore. What sort of checklist should we uh, see either for uh, do-it-yourself or for a pool company that we decide to hire? Well, again, the, the first order of business is typically to drain some of the water out of the pool. Now, some of our customers will actually do that for us, which saves time and saves them money. So that's the first thing. Um, second thing, and the most important, is to make sure that all the lines have been drained. Uh, we have a high-power blower that we blow a, a, a large amount of air through all the lines, and then we plug them up. We then uh, put antifreeze in the skimmer line to prevent it from freezing, just in case there is a little bit of water left in it. Um, an ice compensator, uh, which we call a gizmo, and I think it's one of the coolest branded 
names <laughs> going, uh, is then put into your skimmer. And what it does is it, uh, when the, the water in the skimmer freezes, it pushes in on the ice compensator and prevents the skimmer itself from cracking. So that's an important thing that if, uh, if somebody has closed your pool, not a bad idea just to take the lid off the skimmer and make sure that it has this ice compensator in there. It's a cylinder um, looking apparatus, usually blue in color. Uh, make sure all the plugs have been taken out of all the equipment, heater, um, sand filter, and pump, and make sure there's no water left in them. Uh, as far as chemicals go, a good stain control is important just to prevent any staining from metals that might be in the water, any leaves that might be left in the pool. A really good algicide and a good shock treatment are the three chemicals that you should make sure are, are added to the pool before closing. And then uh, last but not least, the cover and make sure the cover is installed properly. So should we take the ladders and diving board down? Or? <clears throat> Absolutely. In most cases, the uh, ladders have to come out just to accommodate the installation of the cover. In a lot of cases, a diving board can be left on. However, I recommend, and we always take them off, just to make sure that the, the bolts um, don't seize up over time. And it's nice to get that diving board. They're not inexpensive. Put it in a shed, keep it out of the elements for the winter, and it will last a lot longer. What sort of problems can occur? if the pool closing or winterization isn't done properly? Well, and, and that's a good question. And uh, in a lot of cases, people will open their pools on their own. There isn't a lot you can do wrong that's going to cause a lot of damage if you open your pool improperly. When it comes to closing, if you don't close it properly and there's water left in those lines, especially in in-ground where there's underground lines that will have to be excavated if they, they crack, it's really important to make sure you get all the water out of the lines. And in my opinion, it, it, it's worth a little bit of money to have a professional come and make sure that it's done properly. So Jason, is there any difference between uh, closing an above ground or uh, um, an in-ground pool? Yes, there is, Jim. In most cases with an above ground, the lines are above ground as well. So it isn't as important to, to blow air through them. In a lot of cases, you can just unhook them and they'll drain on their own. Also, uh, the covers are slightly different. Typical above ground uh, cover just has a, a wench on it and a cable that tightens up around the outside. Now, they do have some, some heavier duty covers that uh, work somewhat as, in the same lines as the safety cover where it lets the water go through it. So the water isn't accumulating on top of the cover and uh, they're, they're a much better cover, will last a lot longer. So are there any final tips you can share if we decide not to close our pool on Labor Day but keep it extended and open throughout the beginning of fall, perhaps to Thanksgiving? Yeah, absolutely. And the longer you keep your pool open, the better chance you're going to have of it opening in the spring looking great. So keep it open um, as long as you possibly can without uh, harming the pool by letting it freeze. Um, leaf nets are a great idea if you have a lot of uh, trees around your property and you're worried about the leaves getting in the pool can buy a leaf net and uh, put it over top of the pool and it'll keep the leaves from getting into the pool and creating a lot of headaches. Okay. Thanks for diving into this uh, with us, Jason. <laughs> nice. Jason Jackson of Jackson Pools. And we'll be back in a moment with Ashley Castleman to talk about helping in Houston. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Linda is the CEO and the president of BBB Serving Western Ontario. Well, Hurricane Harvey has hit landfall in southern U.S. and has resulted in devastating flooding. The Better Business Bureau are advising people to help as much as they can in the Hurricane Harvey relief efforts, but to do so with caution and to make sure that their donations get to the people who need it most. 
And today we have BBB's communications manager, Ashley Castleman, to talk about how we can help wisely. Welcome, Ashley. Good morning. After the devastating flooding this past weekend, many people will want to make contributions to help the victims. The easiest and most common way that people can help is by making donations to disaster relief agencies and charities that are experienced at working with disaster victims. What should we look for when choosing a disaster relief agency to donate to? The devastation caused by Hurricane Harvey prompts us to do what we can to help as soon as possible, but donors need to be aware of some key cautions so that their generosity will get to those in need quickly. The first thing you should ask is, does the charity have boots on the ground? Do they have a team there locally to help? Unless a charity already has staff in the affected areas, it might be difficult to bring in new new aid workers to provide assistance quickly. Uh, Check the charity's website uh, to see if they clearly describe what the charity can do to address the uh, immediate needs. So how can we question appeals that come to our attention then? Well, you can find out if the charity is providing direct aid or raising money for other groups. Some charities may be raising money to pass along to other relief agencies. If so, you might want to consider avoiding the middleman and giving directly to those that have a presence in the region. Or at a minimum, check out the uh, ultimate uh, recipients of these donations to see if they're equipped to provide uh, the aid effectively. Many victims have lost everything from their home to their clothing. Should we be donating items instead of money? Uh, Well, we suggest uh, to be cautious when donating uh, gifts of clothing, food, or other in-kind donations. In-kind drives for food or or clothing, while well-intentioned, may not necessarily be the quickest way to help those in need. Unless the organization has the staff and infrastructure to distribute uh, such aid properly, Um, Ask the charity about its transportation and distribution plans. Uh, Be wary of those who are not experienced in disaster relief. And if they hesitate uh, when answering any of your questions, that's something to um, be worrisome about. So we see a lot of groups trying to raise money with crowdfunding. Uh, What should we watch out for with these, Ashley? Well, crowdfunding is um, something newer that's been happening over the uh, last few years where a group of people come together to raise money for a cause or um, a disaster. Mm -hmm. Um, But keep in mind, crowdfunding sites do very little vetting of the individuals who decide to post for assistance after a disaster. And it's often difficult for donors to verify the trustworthiness of crowdfunding uh, requests for support. If you decide to contribute via crowdfunding, it's probably best to give people to you personally know uh, that have posted the request for assistance. Mm-hmm. Well, where can we check the trustworthiness of a charity? Well, the best place to start is at bbb.org. Uh, on there, you can find charities that have the BBB Charity Seal, who have met our standards for charity accountability and have been thoroughly uh, vetted for against our standards. Um, you can see how much they p- uh, spend on program, fundraising, um, and other things on there as well. Ashley, do you have any final tips for us before we go? Well, remember that every disaster has several fr- uh, phases, uh, rescue, emergency relief, and recovery. Each part relies on public support and continuing funding for success. Uh, the need for donations is not going to stop just because the headlines stop. Uh, For many communities, recovery will be a very long-term activity and will take years to complete. 
Um, so just because you, you might not be able to donate today, you can always donate a few months down the line because uh, those donations will still be needed then. So do you have any suggestions for uh, for us on where we can find a list of very specific charities to consider donating to? Yes. If you go on to uh, bbb.org and look for the uh, Austin or Central Texas uh, Better Business Bureau, they have um, local charities there that you can uh, donate to or that you can um, send um, in-kind don- donations if you want, uh, and they will be able to help you out with that. Well, Ashley, thanks very much for uh, this information this time around. Um, it's always uh, interesting when the information we have meets the headlines of things that are uh, going on. Ashley Castleman is the communications manager at BBB, serving Western Ontario, and is the producer of Ask BBB. Thanks again, Ashley. Thank you. And that's Ask BBB for this time around. Remember, you can contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBB Western ONT. And once again, thanks to our program producer, Ashley Castleman, BBB Western Ontario's communications manager. And until next time, I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Remember, ask BBB. And start with trust.